Imagine if the story we just heard in the gospel happened today, in the time of smartphones and social media. Imagine the viral nature of such a thing, but also the uproar and the argument that anything that goes online seems to stir up. We see these things online. We would see this and we would, we would immediately, we tend to just go to our preconceived notions. As different as our world is from the time of Jesus, from the time of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we tend to fall into the same pattern of behavior as they do when something new or something different comes our way. We like to basically categorize it in exactly the way that we would like to. We don't want to change our minds or change our hearts. So when we see something, especially in our social media age, it's easy either to just cast it aside, to speak aspersions upon it, or to outright oppose the assumptions and the conclusions of other people. Again, though our world is so incredibly different, we are still very much the same. And so Jesus speaks to each of us today. Jesus in acts, and when he acts, he acts in eternity. He desires to do the same thing for this man born blind as he does for you and for me. Because we are blind. We are blinded by our ambitions. We are blinded by our pride. We are blinded by our vanity, by our lusts. Those things keep us from seeing the world as Jesus desires us to see it as it truly is. In the first reading from the first book of Samuel, we hear of Samuel going to Jesse and his family to anoint the next king. And he sees Eliab and he thinks, surely the Lord's anointed is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not judge from his appearance or from his lofty stature, because I have rejected him. Not as man sees does God see? Because man sees the appearance, but the Lord looks to the heart. And today we celebrate with our catechumens in particular the second scrutiny, and we are reminded of what we are given in the sacrament of baptism. Jesus removes the scales from our eyes and from our hearts so that we might see as he sees, so we might love as he loves. And such is the grandeur of God's love to us in the sacrament of baptism that God imparts himself into us through the gift and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, for us to profess the faith, for us to follow Jesus, we are also desiring and striving to see the world with his eyes. And not only with the eyes out here, but also the eyes of the heart. Because we can perceive and see, in a sense, the way Jesus does. But the thing about the way Jesus sees is, as we heard from um, the book of Samuel, he looks into the heart. So too are we in every interaction, in every encounter, in every relationship we have. So what does it mean to see as God sees, to look into the heart? I'd like to raise four things today. The first is this, is that there's truth. There's an objective truth. We can know this naturally, in, in intellectually, through the natural law, but God loves us so much 
that he has revealed the truth through his revelation, through his very self, through the teachings of Scripture and his church. To see as Jesus sees is to see through the eyes in which God has created and redeemed the world. As beautiful as that is, we also recognize the second thing, that not everyone lives in conformity or even acceptance of this, of the truth. And so to see with the eyes of Jesus is to see our brothers and sisters, and even to look into our own hearts and to see where we fall short, but to treat with compassion and love. To ever and always be reaching out to those on the margins, those who are struggling, those with whom we disagree. If there's anything that should truly mark the life of a Christian in this day and age, especially us who are blessed to have the fullness of truth in the Catholic faith, it is our love for our neighbors, especially for those who, with whom we vehemently and adamantly disagree. There is no room in our hearts, there is no room in our lives to hatred, to bigotry, to violence. We should always be looking into the heart of the other person to respond in whatever way, it doesn't matter how they respond to us, but to always respond to them with love, with compassion, with generosity. This is what it means to look into the heart, to see through the vitriol, to see through the struggles, to see all of that, and to look to the heart of the person in front of us, and to see that as the beloved that God sees it made in his image and likeness, conformed to him through baptism. The third thing that we're called to see is to see that there's a plan that God has for this world that impacts all of us. This world, each and every one of us, was created in the image and likeness of God. But that image and likeness has been corrupted by sin. But such is God's love for us, he has rescued us through his Son, And not only has he rescued us, he has chosen each of us to participate fully in that mission. To see with the eyes of Christ is not only to see others as the beloved, but to see myself as chosen. From before the world began, God chose each and every one of you for this moment, for these realities, to be his word and to share his word with the world. And the last thing is this that I'd like to share in terms of seeing the world with the eyes of Jesus is to see the world through the sacraments. Our Christian life is a sacramental worldview. What does that mean? Well, we celebrate the sacraments. We believe that God has specific ways in which he desires to touch the human heart. In particular, we are called to regularly participate in the Eucharist and in the sacrament of confession so that God can restore us with his body, blood, soul, and divinity and renew us with his gift of mercy. But we see that then the mystery of that working itself out in the world, that that sacramental worldview is incarnational. And it's not pie in the sky, God is over there, I'm down here. But God is with us. God is with us. In the sacraments, but in the graces that flow from the sacraments in each one of our lives, into our relationships, into our friendships, into our families, into our work, into everything that we do. We are called to that to see the world with the eyes of Christ. And we can do this. And what is one of the more 
intriguing and beautiful lines, I think, in the, in the writings of St. Paul's. He says in the, first, uh, excuse me, in the second reading from the letter to the Ephesians, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. You were, once not, you were not once in darkness, or you were, you're, you're, the world around you was darkness, but you were darkness. But now you, you are light. You are the beloved son, the beloved daughter. You are the light that God desires to shine in the world. You are the one who has been chosen, especially catechumens. You have been chosen for this moment, for this time to be remade, renewed, restored, and to be the light for the world. In the, in the sacrament of uh, baptism, after baptism, you'll be given a candle and you'll be told, receive the light of Christ. And that's a symbol of the fire, of the conflagration of the Holy Spirit that is going on in your heart and your soul because God has illumined the very depths. He has gone in there and he has conquered the darkness. And he shines forth not only in that moment, but he desires to shine forth in you and through you for the rest of your life and for you to participate in that light forever in heaven. Heaven is light and love. And we participate that imperfect as we are here and now by seeing the world, by seeing each other, by seeing the the story of salvation and by seeing the sacraments in the way that God sees and by seeing ourselves in the way that God looks upon his beloved sons and daughters. It is so easy to think that we have it all figured out, isn't it? It's so easy for us to just go back like the Pharisees and Sadducees and to reject the ways God is working in our life, the way God is working in each other, the way God is calling us to conversion and renewal. But Jesus comes to us, again, not with power, but with humility. And he opens our eyes. He takes us aside and he clears the darkness from us so that he can personally lift us up and love us. This young man continues, as you see from the very beginning, his eyes are restored. He comes over the course of this story, which admittedly is rather long for a gospel at Mass. But at the end, the heart sees in the way that his eyes see. He sees not just a miracle worker, but his Savior. And he sees a new life. God desires that for each of us. God offers that to each of us. Let us ask God in our prayer today to give in a special way light to the eyes and to the hearts of our catechumens, but to also renew and rekindle the light that was given to each of us in baptism so that we can be his eyes, his mouth, his ears, and his heart for a world so desperately in need of the light and the love that come from Christ.